build out is, of course, a direct one-to-one correlation. And the way that we are thinking of doing that is right now we have the integrations for the, uh, the input side where we're taking the videos. We want to build the output side as well. We want to integrate into Jira, GitHub, Salesforce, HubSpot, all these kind of uh, platforms that we can track specific hard metrics on. And then Spikey becomes the middleware company where we connect your EQ intelligence to your hard metrics. And then we uh, basically create correlations between them. We say that your high performing teams, your developer teams that have pushed X lines of code uh, that week have these types of uh, emotional metrics and your low performance team have these types of metrics. So you should do this to bring those low performance teams up to the high level. So um, that's what we're building towards basically. And I'll, and I'll even throw in one more and then I'll toss it back to you, Michael. I'll even throw in one more that I think uh, just the listeners can and maybe maybe take advantage of and then even you personally as well. Something I push for very heavily is when we utilize products and tools and platforms and we get that data and we, and we implement it the way that you're kind of outlining, I think there's another level to it where a lot of that data can actually tell us a story about the type of leaders we have in the company as well and and I don't want to be too aggressive here, but but who should remain a leader? Who, what type of tweaks and adjustments the data is telling us leaders need to make? I think that's actually a that's actually a really big one. I think a lot of tools and products are doing a lot of great things, like you outlined. But I think a lot of companies aren't realizing that the data is actually telling you a story around who you should keep in leadership positions, who you should um, who you should maybe manage up a bit and, and make adjustments with, um, and maybe. And a worst case scenario, who you should potentially remove um, from the org based off of that data. I don't know if you have any quick thoughts on that, but um, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so while in the most extreme cases, yes, maybe someone who isn't fit to manage, that could be kind of something that we um, we alert the company about if there's such a toxic environment. Like, there's a lot of benefits and collaboration opportunities that I feel that. Uh, Mindstand and Spike could kind of build upon that. Um, our use case isn't specifically tailored to um, each person getting an individual uh, kind of alert on. It's more in the sense of uh, this team is low performing, this team is low engagement, how can we improve that? Um, and if the problem is indeed because of the manager and they're consistently getting low scores, then maybe uh, the company might be aware of that. Like mm. they, the, these metrics would be a way to quantify that low performance. But we want to build this as a as a beneficial tool, right? For managers, for employees, for the company. We don't want to build this uh, to kind of um, show negative insights. We want this to be positive insights, like mainly, dominantly. Fair, fair. Yeah. And so in this world of you know, remote work, all at the same time, companies are getting bigger and bigger. Uh, series A valuations get higher, acquisitions grow. It's clear that the market is trending towards bigger solutions and bigger ideas. But how people evaluate performance seems to kind of take the back seat where we see new data being published. But when companies really try and internalize in the board seats of, you know, how are we creating a productive producing more utility as an organization, it seems as though surveys, uh, engagements with firms that leverage surveys to gather that data, 
is missing the mark. Yes. And it's employee first market. Employees are looking for the data. They're looking for the initiatives and surveys don't cut it. Exactly. That, that's what, that's basically what our business kind of built upon. Um, number one, uh, surveys are non-granular, right? The most that you can do is maybe by year, like twice a year or maybe yearly. Um, surveys are long and boring and please hate them. Why, why do you want to answer a hundred iterations of basically the same question? Like, are you happy with your work? That's basically what they're asking. And then the third is most companies don't even end up doing anything with surveys. There's like a bunch of studies out there, but more than 50% of companies don't do anything. You just take that data. They, they check a box and they say, okay, we've done our job. Um, and at the end of the year, when it comes to employee engagement and kind of increasing the happiness level of their employees, they end up just increasing their salaries by three, four percent, and that's their yearly goal or whatever that they met. So um, that's definitely not the way to go in this remote world because now, if I want to switch a company, I don't need to move my house, I don't need to move my kids' school, I don't need to change my social circle. I just call up. 20 other companies and then uh, in three weeks uh, I can get five offers lined up right so uh, employee churn is at an all-time high it's increased seven percent year to year um, and basically there's a lot of talk about this great resignation that's like basically on the periphery um, huge companies even like Apple that are like super prestigious even they can't really um, stop their employees from from leaving because uh, they're not super aligned now with their with their employee incentives um and i think you have to get aligned with that you have to basically accept the fact that people don't want to center their whole lives around sitting in an office nine to five and then basically having their whole social circle around that work environment not being able to go spend extra time with their kids not being able to go to recitals their concerts their sports events or whatever um, and not spending time with your life, loved ones, right? So exactly that. Like I think um, once they've got, once people have gotten a taste of this and see that they can perform in the remote environment, they, they have to kind of do that. They're, the genie's out of the bottle, right? So. Yeah, I mean, just thinking of how employer retention tools can improve recruitment, you know, we've heard our MindStand culture report we can apply that to specific teams, dynamics within an organization. Mm-hmm. So imagine in every candidate interview as you, a uh, head of recruitment, you can show this potential candidate, here's the culture, here's the status of inclusion within the team you're looking to apply to. Again, mind stand applying ourselves within the Slack and Microsoft team mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. I'd love to think about some utilities some use cases you're seeing of, you know, your customers saying we can't live without Spikey. Yeah. Um, so I'll give a few of them. Uh, for example, we have a series C startup that's using us to measure the efficacy of their actions. So let's say that you had a hackathon for your company and you spend $20,000 on that hackathon. Um, what's the ROI on that? Are people really 5% happier? Are they 3% more engaged with their jobs because you have that hackathon? And is that worth it to you? Um, there's no quantifiable way to do that currently without Spikey. And um, I think more and more companies will feel that they want metrics on some of these activities. Let's say that 
um, you have a company lunch and the ROI on that is instead of 5%, it's 4%, but it costs you a tenth of the cost. Um, so maybe you just do company lunches every other week or something instead of having this massive hackathon or something. So um, basically you bring data and analysis to the emotional aspect. So I know it's not two things that typically go hand in hand with each other, but that's what we're bringing to the table. And, and oh, I'm sorry, Michael, I was going to say, and, and it allows um, a lot of the internal HR leaders, and I'm sure are stewarding this effort to kind of A-B test different initiatives and different programs to see what works, which um, before, you know, many HR leaders either A, did no A-B testing, they inevitably just, you know, if a, you know, if a head of people from, if a head of people from Airbnb, for instance, you know, decided to leave that company and go over to Instacart, you know, they just brought all of the programs and best practices that they utilized at the previous company versus they can come into now Instacart and maybe A-B test new ideas, new innovations, new, yes. new programs and actually get real data on it, right? Yes, exactly. That's some of the things that we're thinking about, AJ. And basically, um, uh, if we connect the metrics to whatever they're interested in, it can go even further than that, right? So um, the performance use case, uh, a lot of companies are interested on that. Why do some developer teams work better than other teams? Is it a chemistry thing? Is it an engagement thing? Is it the way that managers are handling the meetings? Um, so what's the special sauce there? And they want to bring uh, some level of accountability and some level of uh, quantification to try and figure out um, how they can tweak their uh, their other teams and the chemistry of those other teams in order to get them up to that level. And uh, something really special there is this idea of, you know, best practices, carrying yes. your best practices that you've learned and bringing into another company Companies want that. They want a sense of, I'm not the first person to do this. And this brings me towards, again, the utility in both of our platforms is not only can we provide data towards human problems, but now we can begin benchmarking, begin showing signs of here's what other companies using our platform, the measured outcome. Would you like to speak yes. on that? Yeah, uh, that's actually really exciting because I immediately just click like another use case that one of our customers is using us for. Um, they're building a gamified approach to tutoring. So instead of like PowerPoint, how about we bring some games within the PowerPoint um, and within the classes? And that's exactly what they're using us for. They, they basically want to see and create benchmarks for uh, what is the PowerPoint approach and what's the emotional aspect of that? And what's the emotional aspect of our approach and how much benefit do we actually bring to the table? So everyone can easily say that oh, uh, maintaining eye contact is super important in a meeting or whatever, but actually how important is it? Like, that's the question that we're trying to solve. Absolutely. So, I mean, just knowing you and your co-founder, you are people who understand inclusion as a core facet of your business. What are some practices you as a team, you as a scaling company have implemented just around inclusion and diversity? Yeah, so we're actually using Spike within our own meetings. Um, so one of the metrics that we're trying to actually launch right now as one of the auxiliary metrics is an inclusion score, interaction score. And what that means is during a meeting is everyone getting the same opportunity to talk, right? So in some of these toxic environments in uh, classic corporations, uh, sometimes there are cases of like 
uh, manager of toxicity or masculine toxicity or other types of toxicities. Like uh, I'm not going to differentiate between them. But at the end of the day, it means that someone dominates the conversation and doesn't allow everyone to speak their mind. And what we're doing is we're bringing another metric to the table that says, hey, uh, this team is is like better than that other team at including everyone into the conversation. And that that's something that we're also utilizing. And I think that's really interesting, too, because um, I guess this is more or less just broadly for the listeners. I think what you can also do when you look at that data is, again, upskill some of the managers and learn from each other and say, hey, what, what best practices and, and formation and structure of the meetings are you taking? You know, how are you involving and including everyone? How are you know, how are you structuring things? Because because meeting design and making sure meeting design is, is built with an inclusive nature is something that um, a lot of organizations should take advantage of. And then for the listeners, you're probably getting a sense of where my mind goes. My mind always goes, how can we take this great data and how can we actually operationally change things and tangibly change things um, to, to, again, I just want to keep double downing on this. Too many head of HRs and, and, and CEOs and founders and leaders are bringing in and investing in these great tools and thinking that they've done enough. Um, you really have to bake in the tools and then figure out what the data is telling you to, again, restructure the meetings you know, have different leaders that are running different meetings, learn from each other, share best practices, things like that, you know? 100% agree. And um, our, like, our our goalstone, like, our, we want to do that, right? We want to make this automatic. We want to say, here's this great team. Here's how they're doing it. You should be more like that. But um, right now, since we're early stage, right, the, the thing that we're bringing to the table is, at least some level of accountability. At least they see that, hey, this team is consistently performing low on these metrics, these emotional metrics. They're not inclusive. They're not efficient. They're not, um, they're not emotionally engaged with the meetings. And just having those metrics constantly each month uh, coming in front of the managers, um, that still brings something to the table. But of course, we would want to do much more with that. We would want to actually say, this is how you implement the change. This is how you actually do it. Yeah, and, and to the viewers out there, you know, when you're looking at applying for award, awards around inclusive cultures, when you look at the best workplaces to work, it's so important to tell a story. Tell a story on how your company culture has evolved and leveraging tools like Spikey and Mindset can give you that data to, to tell this really compelling story to gain for the business, candidates, and awards for what you're building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the people that we were talking to exactly said that they were applying for the best workplaces to work award. Um, I'm not sure if that's the exact name or not, but uh, it's a pretty popular kind of certificate that these companies kind of go for. And they were thinking about measuring meeting engagement using Spike. So they could say that, hey, um, our employees are highly engaged with their meetings and things like that. So I definitely 100% agree with that. And the, la- the last thing, Michael, I'm sorry, the, the, that I'll add in on that is, you know, um, I'll, I'll give myself a little tiny pat on the back. Uh, in 2021, I was one of the, um, you know, we have this great, this great company technically here in Baltimore that does a lot of great things. Um, and I was a 2021 uh, nominee for Culture Builder of the Year, just due to a lot of the things that I'm a part of, whether it's MindStand and some other things that I'm doing. Um, but I think some of the HR leaders that were nominated, you know, I think this is, again, kind of the same factor, right? If you if you want to position yourself to 
from a recruiting perspective to be attractive to the market um, when it comes to uh, when it comes to trying to attract candidates and things of that nature. I think the same can be said for those HR leaders internally. You know, there's so many different awards when it looks at culture builder of the year and, and, and other factors where utilizing products like the both of these companies can be really exciting. Yeah, um, it's super apparent just by talking to you these couple of times. Like, um, my stand is an excellent partner to have. Like, we're super happy working with you guys. And, um, like, both the intelligence, the merits, and the grit that all of the everything that kind of encompasses the company culture um, is very apparent. Like, we're very happy to be working with you. Same here. We're glad to have Spikey.ai as a preferred partner at MindStand. Really glad to have you on this MindStand pause season two. So, Furkan, what are some things that you are looking for? What are some things that listeners could be helpful in doing for you? Yeah, um, so we're always looking for pilots. We're looking for use cases, looking for people to try out our product and give us good feedback. Um, at this stage, we just want to improve, constantly iterate, iterate, iterate on the product um, and get the word out there. Nice. So you hear that anyone who still has any budgets to close out the summer, to close out the fiscal year, please check out spiky.ai. What's the best way for people to reach you? LinkedIn, short forms? Uh, I'm constantly giving LinkedIn messages. I'll reply within the hour probably. Um, you can also send me an email at furkan, F-U-R-K-A-N, at spiky.ai. Perfect. And our last question is, do you know one or two people that would love to join a Mayan stand pod? Uh, I could probably ask our Techstars cohort, and there would be a bunch of excited companies to do that. Uh, we're also part of the Techstars program, similar to MindStand. Um, specifically in the culture space, um, I need to think a little bit more about that right now. Um, I, I guess we don't really have too many contacts in that space, but yeah. Awesome. Two growing brands, two companies offering amazing AI insights to supercharge your employee recruitment with culture data. Furkan, thank you so much for joining the MindStand pod. We're going to be closing this out. Awesome to start and kick off the season two. And a great to hear from you. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure talking to both of you again. Thanks a lot, man.